Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm Janine Bolin, and many of you know that I have written over 12 books and I write in multiple genres, and that's why the title of the show has with it, we help you save your money, we help you save time, we help you save your sanity, and hopefully we help you in building your business or creating that knowledge base for yourself. And today I'm going to talk about a subject that I normally save for closer to the end of the year, but I think it's important that we discuss it today, and that is the power of meditation. Many of my listeners and readers are very much into meditation and meditate every day, and I wanted to talk to you as you move up the different levels of meditation, and this is going to be a subject on basically the choices that you make. When you are meditating, you are aligning yourself with source in whatever way you feel is best, or you may be meditating to lower your heart rate or your heart pressure or whatever that might be. There are many different reasons for meditating. And you may have already learned this lesson, but in case you haven't, I'm going to cover a mindset that is helpful when it comes to change or that occurs the more that you meditate, the more that you tune in to your particular divinity. And once you have this mindset firmly fixed in your day-to-day life, you will find yourself free of emotional burdens and mental hiccups for a very long time. Now, this understanding is simple. And You have a choice on a day-to-day basis to make this, and that is focusing on you can be right or you can be happy. Now, I choose to be happy. And one of the biggest challenges of being an awakened soul is that you know that your life path is right there for you, and it's right for you. You're not trying to convert others to exactly the way that you believe or the way that you behave, because you know, basically that's folly in that sort of reasoning. However, if you find yourself surrounded by people with large or easily threatened egos, they will find your life and the way that you are living as almost non-existent. You will cease to be a threat or of importance in their life. The more alignment that you have in your life experience, the more and more people you will see leave your sphere of influence or misbehave in a way that you pull back because of the drama that's being created in their lives. And you don't want that drama. They will use your own words against you. And with profound understandings and the way that you uttered them, they will twist them. It is then that you're going to realize how important it is for you to be able to be your own counsel and seek that in meditation. How can anyone assist you when they have no idea that intense and profound experiences that you have personally undergone because of the way you meditate. And you know what I'm talking about here. The answer, my fellow mystics, can be in appreciating what you've been through. Other awakened souls can relate to what you've seen, what you've heard and experienced, although they will have gone through transformations in their own way. Now, this is my point here. You will have many people who will try to tell you how wrong you are in your belief system, your perspective, and your attitude about things. But at the core, at the center You know the one I'm speaking of, the you that expresses you when you are deep in meditation and that higher self part of you that knows all about you, that's the part of you that is the most accepting of all that you are. Warts and all, as my grandma used to say. Now that part will share with you a novel, cool way of being on this planet. This can be very threatening to anyone who has a strong paradigm of the way the world should work. 
your personal perspective is not in accordance with their worldview, and you will find yourself swept up into a discussion of what is right and what is wrong. As an enlightened soul, you know the value of all the perspectives that are on this planet, and you have given up the right and wrong of the world, and you only operate with those labels for yourself and your own behavior. You know what is right and wrong, what is more appropriate for you to live on your life path and what is inappropriate for you to live on your life path. You've come to this higher understanding through the unconditional love that allows all souls to live in accordance with what they think will make them not only happy, but be in a state that is deemed right or wrong for themselves. Now, you've had many experiences already where you've had to shift your mindset. Early on in your life, you received conditioning by well-meaning people who were teaching you the way the world worked. You already had to rework a lot of those mindsets since they no longer serve you with the new experiences and understandings that you received from your own meditations. Some of your experiences have come with such deep understandings that you have memories of your soul experiences before you ever entered the body. Some people have this. And I just want to let you know you're not alone. There's a lot of people who are experiencing what you're experiencing these days. You know that duality and this world loves to express is the result of choices that each soul has made in the general collective of humanity. And with all that being said, it is important that you take the time each day to ask yourself, what will make me happy now? How about now? How about now? Because there comes a point when the enlightened soul reintegrates from the ecstatic experiences of the divine, and you find yourself becoming more and more meshed in the fabric of three-dimensional space-time, and you know that it's important for you to be approachable and relatable if you're going to continue on with your life path. And as you move forward in your journey, and as you become more and more integrated with all the remembered knowledge of all that you are, it is important that you really take control of your own life, and you do the things that will bring you joy, pleasure, and happiness. It is easy for the enlightened souls to see errors in the training or domestication, as Don Miguel Ruiz states in his book, The Four Agreements. Humans have undergone intense domestication as they were raised by a culture and a community that wanted them to fit in. As an awakened soul, you are able to see all the layers of control, all the layers of misinformation, misunderstanding, and all the areas that no longer apply to you because for you and your current understanding of reality, the rules that you live by, you don't worry about getting into heaven because you know those rules no longer ex exist because you've been to heaven, you've been to hell, you've spoken to the divine source, you've spoken to the darkness. You know how the fabric of reality is created and warped and woven by your thoughts, by your frequency of emotion, and by your personal mindset. Now with all this understanding, and you know that the rules that you've been living by no longer apply to you. And it's important that you really know what it is that you want out of life. Because it's so easy for you to leave it. You've traveled beyond the astral plane. You've been to the causal plane of existence. You've merged with source for a bit of time. And you felt the touch of that unconditional love in your heart. And it reverberated to the very core of your being. Now, these experiences have differentiated you in all the ways necessary that you no longer feel the drastic need to differentiate here on earth. You know your uniqueness through and through. There's no need for you to establish your differentiation here too. It has already occurred through the very creation of you as you walk the planet right now. Am I right? I know many of you have experienced this. And for those of you who have not experienced this in meditation, keep meditating and these words will make more sense.
This makes you and your life rather unremarkable to anyone who has a very strong ego or needs to control the external experiences around them. You no longer choose to fight over what is right or wrong. You no longer have a need to prove yourself to others or to yourself. You know to the core of your being that you are whole, that you are complete, and you are worth all the love and pleasure that you care to enjoy on this planet. You know without any doubt that you are worthy of love. You are worthy of joy, and you set about living your life experiences just for the sheer joy of it, for the pleasure of it. And you know that you are safely in the hands of the divine throughout the experience. You will be able to tell that you are bumping up against this three-dimensional version of right versus wrong when you are told to stop laughing so loud, to stop smiling so much, to stop being happy, excited, joyful. You will see how the people you are wanting that are wanting you to stop are the ones that are still thinking that by controlling their external world around them, that will make them happy. You know that there is nothing farther from the truth, don't you? It is by controlling our inner world that we are able to be in a state of joy no matter what's going on in our external environment. This is where I've had the most education of how others suffer so much. They think that if they establish enough control of their external environment, they will be happy. Well, that never works. There is always more to change. There is always more to manipulate, more to alter. Whereas for the mystic that has control over their thoughts and their emotions, they will be the ones who seem to glide effortlessly through life. They are laughing when others are shushing them and telling them to be quiet. You can see the souls who are enjoying the sunny day, the rainy day. They're smiling while others are grumbling about the snow or the wet. You've seen these people, and when you look at them, you know that internally they're at peace. They're unaffected by the external environment because something wonderful is happening within them. It could be something as simple. It could be something like they're remembering a very pleasant past experience, or they just got to make love with someone they cherish, or they're recalling the evening's entertainments. No matter what is going on through their mind or emotional state of that person, the rainy day just can't seem to cloud it. Why? Because their inner world is in control of their day, not the external world. Now, you've had it happen to you when you were in a really good mood. It seemed as if you were unstoppable. Nothing could go wrong. Even when you spill your coffee all over yourself in your papers and someone comes along and is there to assist you in the cleanup and they get you a fresh cup of coffee and they help you with your paperwork, it happened as if by magic. Yes, I've had this happen to me, myself. When you're in an awful mood and things go wrong and you're left to your own devices, solutions do not present themselves as readily and you feel stuck and worried. Just remember your thoughts and your emotions are the areas you have control over, and you can pivot out of any situation that you find yourself in. Now, I've given you several tips for meditation and emotional control, as well as thought control, and I've presented to many of my master mystics. However, the strongest one that I have at my disposal is my breathing diversion tactic, and I use it myself all the time. I'm, gonna, I'm glad that I can give this to you today, and I want to share with you how to use it. Something happens that causes my thoughts or my emotions to totally spin out of control for me. I find myself becoming overwhelmed with too many thoughts or too many emotions, and I start finding myself going downhill in a race that can get me into depression or grief faster. Some people call this falling down the rabbit hole. It truly means you feel you're totally out of control. And when any of these things start their descent for me, I notice them immediately, and I do this. I breathe. Now, this may, you hear this all the time in yoga studios and anytime you're doing meditation, people are constantly reminding you to breathe. But honestly, that is how you regain control is through your breath. It is something that you 
can control. So when you're feeling out of control, the best thing to do is to focus on what you can control. So breathe. What I do is I take a long inhale through my nose and I exhale twice out of my mouth using a ha ha sound. So I breathe in long through my nose and I go, inhale through my nose and I exhale twice. And I do it one more time. Inhale through the nose, exhale twice. Immediately, I feel better. I feel calmer. My emotions stabilize and plateau. Now it's my mind's turn to divert my attention to the positive things in the day. I start with the basics. I am breathing. <laughs> this, this may sound so totally stupid, but this is what I do. Why? Because as a childhood asthmatic, breathing was not always an assumed situation for me. <laughs> there were times where I didn't know if I was going to be able to take another breath. So for me, I remind myself, oh, I'm breathing. <laughs> I lived on inhalers and I was worried that I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't be able to breathe or I would wake up and I would be unable to breathe. But I no longer have those issues or concerns. But uh, when I first wake up in the morning, this is truly what goes through my mind. I woke up this morning. Hey, bonus. <laughs> and I'm that way because there were so many times I didn't know if I was going to make it. <laughs> then I get very circumspect and I go, oh, the sun is out and it's beautiful. The sky is a gorgeous blue. Oh, look, birds are flying. I hear insects calling out to each other. You see, I find so much pleasure and joy in nature because nature just does what nature does. We talk about this all the time, Mother Nature. There's no controlling Mother Nature. If a cyclone is moving through a particular area of land or water, guess what? It's going to move through that particular area of water, and we just have to accept that. So I enjoy nature because nature does, does what nature does. And it's a state of beingness that keeps me in a state of peace with my breathing. Nature is my refuge. Even in the concrete jungle of a major city, I can always find a patch of sky, a cloud, a flower, or a tree somewhere that will divert my attention, and I will make sure to keep my thoughts focused on its color and vibrancy. Nature is always with us, even if it is a picture of a place we've been. We can lose ourselves in the healing bosom of Mother Earth. Now, if I'm deep within the heart of a city, then I focus on the colors of a woman's scarf, a man's tie, or a street performer's sign. There is color everywhere in our world, and I can divert my mind to what is a better for my internal world rather than what recently occurred to me that knocked myself out of my alignment with my joy. Now, when I first tried working with this technique in my life, I started to realize some rather uncomfortable things about myself. The first one was my mind enjoyed drama. It enjoyed being a martyr and being hurt for a noble cause. It enjoyed being mistreated because it knew I was a good person. I quickly got rid of this old stereotype. It was leftover from my catechism days in the Catholic Church. As many of you know, I, <laughs> I call myself a recovering Catholic. And uh, for those of you out there who are also recovering Catholics, know that I am with you. <laughs> for those of you who are recovering from other childhood paradigms that no longer serve you, you have my compassion. But we're going to make this happen one way or another. We will evolve into controlling our inner world, right? The next thing that I noticed is that sometimes my body was trying to get ill or I was mentally falling into depression due to a misunderstanding that I had about my current lifestyle. My body and emotions were telling me that this particular lesson was no longer needed as I move forward in my current life. 
There were many such lessons, such as when I was younger, I was told that I needed to eat meat to grow strong and I needed dairy for healthy bones. After I started waking up so my soul, and as I started meditating deeper and deeper, my diet drastically altered over the course of three years. To this day, I still listen to my body and emotions as I move through my day so that I can find the right foods and balances of foods that my body needs moment to moment. One of the shocking things for those around me was how little food I consume and how little food I need to feel sated. This is common for those of you who spend a great deal in meditation. When you spend time doing self-introspection, and spend time meditating, the more you study yourself, the more you will find that many of the routines, habits, and default thinking that you have on a daily basis are in fact not of your own making. That was quite disturbing to me as a scientist. I wanted to think like that my mind was of my own making, and yet I was finding traits, behaviors, and recommendations of others on how to live my life stored in my subconscious and my conscious mind they do not live in my body. I just had to remember that I could expel them in a second and I could live a new life, a new way with each moment of each day. Now, you know what is best for you. I would like to repeat that for you. You know what is best for you. And it may not fit in with your family, your dynamic, your culture, or your community, but you know what makes you happy. You know what is best for you always. You really do. I want you to stay today. I want you to start trusting yourself with your own thoughts. I want you to start trusting your decisions. You make good choices for you when you allow yourself the freedom to do just that. Now, the perfect way to know what is in your personal best interest is to ask yourself how you feel about something. Even if you're a thinker like me, you can still gauge what's best for you by saying, Well, what do I think about XYZ? and then see how you feel. If you feel nothing, then do not make a decision, as it means that you don't have one pre preference or another. However, if someone gives you two options and one fills you with anxiety and the other one feels better, guess which one you need to be going with right now in that moment? Does that mean that you have to keep that decision in place for the rest of your life? Oh, no. It just means in that moment, make that decision. Make the decision that helps you feel better. Now, please understand that folks that try to get you to move past your anxiety or fear they're not living your life, okay? Only you can truly make a choice in what is best for you because you are the one having to live with the consequences of your choices. It is really quite simple. Now, as I conclude today's broadcast, I just want to remind you of one thing. No matter what has happened to you in the past, no matter what you are currently living through, you are cherished beyond measure. This was something that I didn't quite understand when I started reading sacred texts of all religions, but I ran across this statement over and over, you are cherished beyond measure. It goes across cultures and continents. What does it mean that you are personally cherished beyond measure? It means that there is a core source of divinity that re resides within you, and that core source loves you and cherishes you beyond measure. It cherishes every mistake you've made. It cherishes every decision you've made. It cherishes every expression and behavior you have made. Why? Because it has made the evolution of mankind move forward. Because as you self-correct, as you learn to become more, as you learn to become better, you're creating an evolution of humanity. You're helping humanity get better step 
by step by step. It's what I like to call the 1% solution. Every choice you make brings humanity closer to evolution and evolving into being more and better. So continue to meditate. Continue to clean up your vibration, as some people say. (laughs) Continue to see the good in life. Continue to smile. Continue to stay in your joy, even if other people are telling you differently. Know that every decision that you make every day is leading you to more joy. And as you work on that, the more joyful you can be, not the fake joy, the deep internal peace. The more you can do that, the better this world is going to be for your activity and for your energy. And I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for living that life. Thank you for the struggle. Thank you for releasing the resistance. Thank you for just sitting in your joy. Because as you do that, you emanate that energy across the planet. And that helps us stay in a place of peace, even when others are trying to create other states of different emotions, right? So just know this. There's nothing serious really going on here. It's all drama. And you get to choose what part you play. Do you want to be the joyful character? Or do you like to be sort of like me in the sense of, I love being the fool. I love making people laugh. I love bringing joy. I love helping people get out of whatever emotional state they're in and into a place where they can laugh. Because if we can keep people laughing by being the fool, then that gives them a sense of peace for a little bit of time. And that's a good thing. So go out and do whatever is your good thing today. And know that you are cherished beyond measure. This is Janine Bolin with the Janine Bolin Show. And I wish you a fabulous day today. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Janine Bolin Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to the JanineBolinShow.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 